Welcome everybody in the box with Thomas Walt. Um, so <laughs> yeah. there's two hockey games left now. As of, now, we're recording this right now on Tuesday afternoon at 12:47 p.m. There's two hockey games scheduled to play. That what's true now might not be true in 10 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean. <laughs> Washington and Philly and Tampa and Vegas are set to play before the NHL goes into an early pause over the Christmas break due to due to the the major COVID outbreaks that have hit pretty damn near every team. Yeah, um, and it's you know it's the, the the crazy thing about all this is how they're how they're testing because you know. Guys are getting tested and they're not finding out, and you know, until like guys are already in the game. You know, we've seen players get pulled out of pull out of games, or guys will or will find out player tested positive after they've already played. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, but, I, and the weird thing is, it's been like that since the start, and it's never really made sense to me as to why that's what yeah. what the thought process was behind that. I feel like that there's got to be a better way, right? Like it. I, it, I I think in principle I get it because what they're trying to do is test you in the morning for a night game, yeah. but then I, I mean, is it not as simple as okay, let's do the test the night before, or if you played like at the end of the game before you leave the rink, you yeah. know, if you if you play on Wednesday, then you get tested Tuesday night instead of Wednesday morning, and after Wednesday's game, if you if you're if they're doing daily tests then, you know, your Tuesday night test clears you for Wednesday's game. And then you got to be tested again Wednesday night to clear you for Thursday night's game or whatever the case may be. I don't, it, it is very weird, the whole pulling people off the ice. And especially, you know, I, I, I don't think it's going to matter. But let's face it, the Wings probably lost the shot at getting a point in Dallas when they pulled Larkin off the ice. Yeah, I mean, they had, it was a 3 nothing game. They battled back to 3-2. I know they lost at 5-2, but... As we've seen, this team is gets kind of I don't want to say listless, but it, it needs it needs Larkin. Oh, yeah. It needs yeah, Larkin no, to it's, be it's, on the ice. I, I mean, that's the most basic thing you can say. So it's uh, it, they are a much better team when Dylan Larkin is playing than when he isn't. Yes. Which I mean, he's your leading scorer, and you know, it's, he's not the leading scorer with four goals. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know he's. He's 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 at, he's gonna he's gonna hit twenty and he could potentially I mean he could probably he could hit thirty you know at this yeah. point it's it's really his bounce back year is is really nice to see and it's really just a great example of why Anthony Mantha is a terrible person. <laughs> well, like, like a person. Yeah, I'm gonna go that far. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Because if you can, because clearly your lack of motivation, you need to find it internally. And if you can't, then you don't. No, then you're a terrible person if you can't find internal motivation. Maybe you're right. Okay, you're probably right that the person part is a little over the top. F- feels a little strong. It well, does yeah, feel um, a little strong. I mean, and and we, you know, and we we've seen the wings. They they going through their own COVID. COVID issues, um, their, their game against Carolina, which I, it still baffles me that they played that game. Number one, yeah, because the hurricanes had so many guys out with COVID and it's just, you know, it, but whatever, I don't make decisions. 
But, you know, the Wings, they lost Fabri- Fabian Rasmussen didn't play in that game. Yeah. And in a game where, you know, the Wings played the Hurricanes very hard. And they, did. they, they lost five to three. You know, they gave up. They gave up the empty netter late. But, I mean, they deserved a better fate than what they got in that game. Um, the the Lucas Raymond alley-oop pass to Larkin. Yeah, so brilliant. <laughs> it's so like, oh, hmm. Like he's just gonna oh he's gonna do that oh and oh oh and he scored all right yep there it is okay yeah you, you know eventually so they're you gonna... guys let you guys have fun playing playing with each other huh yeah I mean <laughs> if I didn't already make my Anthony Mantha joke for the day I feel like I could make another Anthony Mantha joke here but yeah it's you know you know he's gonna hit the rookie wall and you know he's gonna struggle and that's gonna that's gonna suck but. That until it happened, man, this has been a real fun, fun run, man. Yeah, I mean, um, Lucas Raymond, he's played all 31 for the Wings, 10 goals, 28 points. Dylan Larkin, he's played 27, 15 goals, 29 points. Uh, it, and plus players, um, which has been very tough on this team in past years. Well, I mean... And- and then third on third in order is Bertuzzi with 12, nine and, and 21 and 23 games. So, I mean, yeah. And Bertuzzi finally, finally got off the goal, got off that goal tonight. He was on too. Yeah. they Because, the, because for the longest time he hadn't, it was like, well, he's got nine goals. It's like, well, like half of those came in the first game. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He got, he got four in the first game of the year and then, you know, and he scored five cents. So. Yeah, I will. And contributing, but I think didn't he have one the next night or two the next? I mean, he seriously, yeah, he he started in the first four or something like that. Yeah. So, um, just to kind of put it in perspective here, uh, Dylan Larkin, his fifteen goals, fourteen points. I mean, fourteen assists, twenty nine points that he has through twenty seven games played. The Wings as a team have played thirty one. So, theoretically. Theoretically, they have 51 games left. We will see from the at this from this point going forward. But um, last year in 44 games, nine goals, 23 points. Uh, two years ago, 71 games, 19 goals, 53 points. You said I, I'm sorry. You said nine and 23 last year. Yep, nine nine goals, 23 points in 44 games last year. God. Yeah. And, you know, his best year three years ago, um, he had 32, 76 games, 32 goals, 73 points. I mean, right now, I mean, he's, he's on pace. He, he can, hit, he can, he can hit those, he can match or pass those career highs because his career high 18, 19 season was I get 30, 32 goals, 41 assists, 73 points and 76 games played for the wings. I mean, he very, you know, very well could could pass both of those career highs this year. Yeah. And and be be an 80 point guy, which I, which he has the ability and talent to be. Yeah. It's, you know, this was the most concerning thing that really came out of last season. I I really think was the, the offensive production step back for, for, for Dylan. I, I really feel like that was, you know, kind of listening to, to conversations around, around, you know, on, on, on local radio, that was kind of the biggest, I, I guess I'll say check minus around Jeff Blashill was, you know, he's supposed to be working, be very good with the young players. And then you, you get Larkin having this, this year, because even the, the 51 points in the 72 games before the lockout, I don't, 
you know, that was, there was a lot you could chalk, chalk that up to, but then, you know, last year being so bad, which I mean, really you could have chalked that up to a lot of different things too, but the, the, the bottom line is, is that he's, he's coming back with a vengeance and that's, that's really good to see. That is a really good thing to see. And, and I will say this, especially last season, you know, and when thing last, last season with, with everything that, that was going on, you had all the pro- protocols, you're in a bubble and you did, you, there was no real, you didn't really have any real like team bonding to like, or just to get away from it. Yeah. So if you were, if you were in a bad streak or, or, ha- or just having a bad run, there was, there was no, all right, you know, we're going to, we, we have an extra day of travel here. So we're going to, we're going to get to, Chicago a day early and we're going to blow off some steam and we're going to have, we're going to have a team night in Chicago and blow off some team and have some beers, get some dinner and, you know, try, try to get it sorted out or, you know, we're just going to get, we're going to get away from it, you know, go, go to the movies or go bowling or something. That wasn't an option. So if it was miserable, it was miserable, (laughs) you know? And I mean, even even for the teams who who were doing good last year, who were having success, you know, every everybody kind of had their lulls and up and and down points at some point during the season. So now now this year, I think there 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 was some 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 renewed uh, some some renewed faith in in the team. I feel just just I mean in a locker room, and I think nationally too. A lot of people now they expected the wings to be bad, but they felt the wings could take a step forward. Now I don't, no one saw the wings being still flirting in a playoff spot in December. Absolutely not. You know, that's, I mean, they, right, right now they are, as I'm, as I'm looking at the standings here, give me the wild still, card. It's still the second wild card, I believe, the right? Second wild card. Yep. I mean, now games in hand and everything. Point percentage shirt. Yeah. Whatever uh, metric you want to look at. But I mean, they're still in it. <laughs> Which, you know, which if you if if I told if we if I told you in August, hey, you know the wings they're they're going to be sitting in that second wild card and they're going to spend a good good chunk of the first quarter of the season in a playoff spot. Yeah. You know, through thirty games, they're going to be in a playoff spot. Would you? You're like what? Like uh, right? No, and 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 you know to add to that is it feels like last week when we did the show or maybe, maybe two weeks ago, it really felt like, Oh, they're, you know, yeah, they're in the second wildcard spot, but it, it feels like there's four or five teams that percentage wise could pass them. Well, even if you look at point percentage, they're, they're only ninth. They only fall. They only flip with Boston. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, if you, again, at NHL.com, you look at the wildcard standings, Pittsburgh's in the first wildcard with 39 points, very much alive in their division, obviously good place for the wildcard. But then after that, the point percentage, Detroit's one of only four other teams that's over 500 in terms of point percentage. And Boston's at 57%, Detroit's at 53 But then the two teams behind them is Columbus at 51 and Philly at 50 So it, it's not just like we're getting – we've really started to move past this point of like hot start. You know, we're 30 games into it. We're almost yeah. at the midpoint. They've now sustained it way longer way longer than I ever thought they would. This is, you know, this is a, they're, they're a decent hockey team. Yeah. And, right. and you know what I, one of the things I think that the, 
what I take from the home road splits, you know, the 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 eleven three and two at home versus the four ten and one on the road, and I and I believe they've given up five in their last like six road games with the exception of Arizona. Arizona's the, the one game in that stretch that broke up five straight. I, I maybe I'm missing one or two, but I I believe that they've given up five. Is that to me that's that's a really just a real sign of you you need your matchups because your talent isn't you're not full full blown. You're not you're not ready to compete one hundred percent because you they can, only gave up one to Boston and that went over. That's Boston. right. I, I and I forgot that one last week too. You're right. Um, well, but, well, because you just have in your head that they're just going to lose in Boston every time. Yeah. It's a scheduled <laughs> loss. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of have it in my head that they're going to lose every time they go on the road now, and I'd like to get past that too. But yes, that's that definitely there's that. Um, but yeah, it's the the idea that they they're going to be this you know they need the matchups to to be successful and and they need the home crowd behind them you know again what it, what makes you feel real good about this is, is you just start thinking okay you know Eisman took a, a a defenseman in the first round this past year he's probably not going to burst on the scene like Cider and he's probably not going to have the same ceiling as Cider but if he comes in and has this impact and then you go and get you know any one of the forwards that have been drafted you know I think Jonathan Bergeron might be the leader in the clubhouse and guys that you think can be injected into the lineup and make a difference and you know Verona comes back and and you really start thinking okay you know this team you know, with the Fabry deal, you know, he's going to be in it long term. It's going to be very interesting to see because I believe Tyler Bertuzzi's unrestricted uh, UFA after this year. Yeah, I believe. Which he, I, I mean, he, they, he, he's, he's one, he's a locker room guy. And right. I, I can't see it. I can, I think, I think he's, he sticks around. The, um, the, the thing that's scary, the Eichmann answer about the vaccination thing does give me pause because you, you always, and you were key on this about, Eiserman's guys, and we've seen the jettison of the not Eiserman guys, oh, yeah. and so that does give me pause. But but again, where I'm going with that is just even if they do fall off a cliff this year and you know end up five, ten games below 500, the fact that we've seen that this can be how it is, and then you start adding you know another good defenseman, another good forward, and again, you know Verona is going to be coming back. Yeah. It, it gives you a lot of hope that they're clo- they're closer than further away. And and also, I mean, goaltending. Mm, absolutely. And, and you know, and not not to take anything away from John, Jonathan Bernier was was absolutely phenomenal for the Wings when he was here. He, he really was. If, if, like things could have could have went a lot worse for the Red Wings if Bernier wasn't as good as he was, and they weren't good. Hundred percent on that. You know, and I mean, yeah, he had he had a you know they'd have the the stinker games that they get blown out, but you know if you you know you if you you look at the tape. He's not giving up bad goals, right? You know, it's you know, it's power play goals, or it's odd band rushes, or you know, it's they're pinning their zone for 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 seven minutes and can't yep. get the puck out. Hundred percent. Where I mean, we're we're still seeing that a little bit every once in a while here, but I mean, overall, I, I mean, I was thoroughly impressed with the game they played against Hurricanes. Yeah, you know, they they went the Hurricanes. They they are they are a preseason cup cup favorite. You know, and they went into their building and they and they went punch for punch with them. Yep. And and don't give me well, they were down who who didn't play for that from was it Niederreiter and Aho? Aho, yeah. I know Aho was one. I forget if it was Niederreiter or Teravinen, but one of those guys didn't play. Because you know, you mentioned it. Wings play without Rasmussen and Fabry. Now are Rasmussen yeah. and Fabry as good as 
Aho and, and Teravainen? No, but they're are they as important to their team? Oh yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, those, those guys those in the are, lineup, like Carolina are... needs those. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're swapping all your everyday NHLers for guys who who are in the minors for a reason. Like yeah. let's, you know. No, no, no disrespect to anybody, but, but, and, but also to their credit, Joe Valeno came out, he made an impact. He scored. Yeah. You know, he, he's making it worth it. And I feel Rasmussen, he is in another two years. He can, I, I feel like he's going to, he's going to be our, the, our next Luke Glendening or Chris Draper, Kurt Malpy type player, just that utility guy who you can put out in any situation and he can, you know, Hey, we need a defensive. We need a we need a defensive zone uh, draw win here. Rasmussen, get out there. You take it. All right, we got to kill a penalty. All right, Rasmussen, you're out there. So the the sad part of that is is you definitely hope that a number nine overall pick is going to do you better than that. Yeah, the I mean, positive uh, of that is the repurposing. Yeah, you know, if you Dan Cleary went nine overall. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, but Dan Cleary had other issues going on. Yeah, he, he, he had other he, personal issues going on, which is a big reason why he kind of. But the more where I was just going, he figured yeah. it out and became well, yeah. a Eventually, super yeah. useful piece here. Oh yeah, I mean, so if, I mean. <laughs> if he can, if that, I, that's more my thing is that if he ends up being a useful piece, you know, of, on a winning team, which I, I'm with you, I, I could definitely see that being the case. Then that would be, you know, you still, you hey, you got him. You might, you know, and if you can turn him into something useful, good, good. And I do, I, I do like the way he's, he's played and, and him and Zadina both Zadina, you can see frustration starting to set in. I mean, but, and I, well, and I, and I think with Zadina, the frustration for, for him is coming in because the puck's just not going in. He's getting right. chances. And he's, I, it, it's one of those things where I feel like he's playing really good hockey. It feels to me like he's playing really, really good hockey. And, but it, you're right. It's just, it's just not going in, but he's dogged. He's determined. He's trying the efforts there. And I'll give somebody a really long leash. If I think that the efforts there, and I really do think it's there with him. Will you? <laughs> as long as they have effort. <laughs> I mean, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I, the, yeah. A, a friend of mine said, you know, thought actually it was Kevin Lau, our, our mutual friend thought that are they, I'm, is anybody else over Zadina? I'm like, no, because you know what? A he's 22. So let's not throw that in. You know, throw a towel in on that. I mean, he is still making less than a million dollars, so it's also easy to be okay with effort at that point. But yeah, let's not let's not give up on somebody until we absolutely have to make that decision. To he's second on the team in shots with seventy one. Larkin is first with seventy eight, and then it's Fabry with sixty six and Suter with sixty five. I mean, he's a goal scorer, so we're going to keep trying to shoot, and that's right. I don't and, need that. And like I said, I I and. I, I I feel like this is true. Maybe three weeks ago, I said Fabry and Suter once the once they start scoring, it's Bucks gonna the Bucks are just gonna keep going in for them. Yeah, and I feel like since I said that, they've scored every other game. It feels like it, it would they would go a very long way if if the power play could get working. Yes, that's, and, that's and, where and, he would and I think Zadina would 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 do very would have a, those numbers would go up for Zadina as well if. If that uh, if that power play got clicking, although you know, and I, and I was going to text you this, and then while while I was watching, and I think it was the, I think it was the last game against the Devils, and I know they gave up a shorthanded goal, but the actually it might have even been the Islander game, but whatever game it was, it it doesn't though it's not clicking at a percentage you'd like to see. 
it also doesn't feel like there should no long they should <laughs> decline the penalty anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like that they are getting zone time, that it's not like a complete loss of two minutes. Um, it's just that the puck's not going in, which is obviously the ultimate goal, no doubt about it. Right. But it does feel like the power play has looked stronger and has looked better. And that again, good signs towards the long term. Yeah. Um, and real quick, I'm just kind of looking at the uh the 17 draft, which is when the wings took Rasmussen at nine. And, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, Nick Suzuki went 13th. Yeah. Um, Josh Norris, he's turned it, he's turned into a player for the senators. Yeah. And Filipino for the Rangers, he's doing, doing fine. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it's not like he's super behind everyone. Okay. Else in that draft. I mean, now like that that were that pe- the players that were taken after him. There's not a ton. I mean, and there's you know, I mean, if I'm telling you right now, if you're doing a 2017 draft uh, uh, over today, the number one pick is Kale McCarr. Yeah, <laughs> by a mile. Yeah, and then I mean, we then probably Nick Suzuki goes goes second, and then I mean, we can then you can make your decision from there. He should probably third or high skinning. Maybe high skinning goes up. I don't, you know, from because high skinning went third to number three to Dallas. Maybe that still happens. Elias Patterson in Vancouver, f- fifth. Cody Glass, sixth, Vegas. He, he actually, I believe, I think I saw a notification that he's helping and going to be playing for bu- Buffalo now when they restart. Wasn't he? He was the one that was traded to Buffalo. No, no, no that was no, Alex Stock. Yeah. Alex Stock, my, my mistake. Stuck, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's, you know, there. So it's it's not like there's that glare. There's 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 those numerous glaring players after asking the guy to you like, oh man, if only we had that guy. Because again, I will always say, and and if you ignore his draft position, there's a lot to like about Michael Rasmussen. Agreed. Agreed. There's a this, lot to like about him. This, this is this was one of those drafts where apparently, <laughs> apparently you, well, you're right, and it, and it just. Because, you know, on, on Hockey DB, you can sort by points. And so when you look at it, it it's just funny that, you know, it, about eighth is fourth round pick Drake Batherson and 10th is Jason Robertson and who didn't do you who was up for the Calder last year and he's it was yeah. a second round pick. And so it, it just again, I'm just illustrating. I'm, I'm not angry because obviously those guys had fourth round grades and second round grades and every team passed out of more than once. Oh, yeah. So I mean I'm not I'm not angry about it. It's just it's just funny how when you look at the names of whatnot and who ends up being successful in a draft, how how that actually works. Yeah. So I mean it's you know, I've and I I've always I've I've like I like Rafson when he when he was in junior. I thought felt like he was he's a good player. And again, he's another player who I think if his power play starts to score, you'll see his points go up as well. Yeah. And and again, kind of like he's 22. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's I, I, I'm very hesitant to write off an NHL player until they're 25. <laughs> can, we, yeah. can, can we give them to their 25 before we start saying that they're they're bust? Because let, let's face it, there was not a lot of talent on this team the last couple of years. So, no. you know, it's and, and there and, and I feel like now, like a lot of the players, especially, you know, Rasmussen, Suter, Zadina to an extent. Uh, Fabry, you know, these guys, they have more defined roles now. Yeah. Than they've had in seasons past. Right. 
Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm just kind of looking at the wings here. So the wings, their game, they were supposed to play at Avalanche Monday last night. They did not because the, the Colorado are dealing with COVID problems. So are the Red Wings. Um, here's 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 a few of the names for wings on on their uh, that that was in the COVID protocol: Sam Gagne, Carter Rowney, Robbie Fabry, Alec Nedeljkovic, Giovanni Smith, Michael Rasmussen, Pui Suter, Philip Sedina, Joe Valeno. Yeah, we're out of players. <laughs> Which is which is funny because I, I I texted you the the forward lines for the Red Wings with the Devils and I was like oh yeah this is a winning line little did I realize the Devils had even more more yeah. important players out and I'm like oh this really is a winning line roster. <laughs> um, that night, yes, yes, it was right. That's not a line I want a, a grouping I want to go into into war every night with, but for that night it was definitely good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan Larkin and uh, Tyler Pertuzzi beat the New Jersey Devils five to two. Yes, they did. And I don't hate it. (laughs) UWs, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, especially when you know you're 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 missing guys and you're playing a goalie in a second NHL game, which doesn't always mean guarantee success. Because let's face it, the Wings have lost to that goalie an awful lot in the last three years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just like. Yeah, that's my first. I mean, well, well, the the Capitals game earlier this season. Yeah, goal. Yeah, he got a shutout. Yeah, well, it was Fukali, <laughs> right? Zach Fukali, or does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, that's very, very good point. Yeah, so I mean, it's hey, everybody's going through it. Yeah, the the Wings they didn't even have their coaching staff. Yeah, for the game against the Devils. Yeah, so, that was. You know, it was it was a really fun game to watch. I really I, I I watched a lot of Red Wings this week and um really carved out time to to kind of see progress and see how things were going. And I, w- I was very very impressed. Like you said, the game against Carolina, um, they were really they fought hard, were in it right till the end. No no shame in losing to Carolina. No, nope. uh, a couple of bad hops there, and and then to, you know after the the back to back losses out west, you know, giving up. 15 or uh, 13 only scoring three to St. Louis and Colorado. I was that's coming off a big loss to Nashville by three goals. I was worried that the bottom was going to fall out, but again, you taking two out of three, you know, I, I, sadly I'm waiting. Like I said, I I am kind of waiting for the 10 game losing streak. And, and, you know, like I said, we're 30 games in and it's, you know, every time that it looks like it could start, they put a pause on it. And, you know, not, like I said, now they've won two of their last three. See, I, I think as long as now this is this is a huge thing, but I, I think as long as they say healthy, yeah, I don't I don't I don't think the leadership in that locker room will, will let it will will let it get out of hand like that. You know, I don't oh. I don't I, I don't feel like I don't I don't think Larkin is going to Larkin doesn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, he's made the playoffs one time in his, his rookie year. The Wings went to the playoffs and that was it. Um, NHL players reportedly won't be competing in Beijing Olympics. Breaking uh, yeah. NHL out of the Olympics. Yeah, that was uh, that that was something I was I kind of heard. I wasn't just, sure. I, I didn't I didn't want to talk about it until it became real. But here we are. Yeah, it came. Just, I mean, Score Mobile is the site that I use, and their stuff for notifications because they're they're usually tend to be pretty good, and what they say is. Tended to tended to hit home and be real. So 
looks like that the the NHL will be out and I'm sure that makes the schedule makers exhale because now they have a what two extra weeks to work two with to get all these games. Up games yeah yeah well well and that that was the um that was kind of the the one thing that they talked about in GM in the um uh, and a board of governors meetings uh, two weeks ago was the only way the NHL would step in and, and, you know, put a kibosh on players going to the Olympics would be if it affected the schedule heavily. Yeah. Uh, and well, not you have a pause and you have all these games being canceled left and right. I mean, yeah. And, and also, I mean, I feel like a lot of players are just, you know, a lot of players are, being very or very vocal about they didn't they didn't feel comfortable about going over there just because of what could happen if you know they tested positive and everything and you know that's it's a long you know that that's that's a long that's a long time to <laughs> to have to potentially stay in yeah. another country you know and you know the the hell with you know missing games you're missing you're not with your family for, yeah. for a long period of time so um, not shocked. No, not shocked at it. Not shocked at, at all. I, I, and, and honestly, like I, I, I resigned as soon as they announced this pause until after uh, Christmas, I was like, well, okay. So we won't see NHL players in Olympics again this year. Yeah. Got it. That now, was kind of my take is I, I had a very similar feeling too. And, you know, I'm bummed, but you know, Hopefully, you know, hey, I'm USA hockey. Don't do don't pull the shit you pulled in 2018 and send a bunch of fucking bums over there this year. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Fired up wall just came out of nowhere. They 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 sent a bunch of bums. They bums. Ate, weren't they all AHL players? Yeah, and like I, I said what I said. And the best players were were um were Troy Terry. And who, who am I blanking? Why am I blanking right now? Because yeah, I didn't even follow, so I would love yeah. to be able Troy to Terry help you. But... Jordan Greenway. They're, yeah, Jordan Greenway. Okay. They went because, you know, they had just won gold for, for USA and World Junior, and they went and they were the best players on for Team USA. And I, I felt like, but you should have just sent sent the entire junior team over playing the Olympics then. <laughs> so who? who would have been better is- off. Who, so then, who 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 goes? How do the, how do they make this better? Uh, I they send send the world junior team there. Send Michigan there. Boom. I, I mean, <laughs> there's there's something to well you that you can't because it isn't a third of the team Canadian anyway. But there is something to be said for having at least a team that's playing together. Yeah. That instead of throwing a group of strangers on the ice, which send, I know they do the every kids. year. But, yeah. Send the kids. It's supposed to be amateur event anyway, right? So send the kids. I don't hate it. And it's international hockey is different rules. It's not as physical and, you know, more open ice. Send them. Yeah. Why not? I, I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, hate it. I, I was physically angry watching in 2008, watching Team USA in the 2018 Olympics. I, I, I watched three games and then I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. Wow. No, sorry, I watched two and a half games because halfway through the third game, it, it was just it was noticeable, noticeably just like this is the best you could do. 
and I'm I'm Come I'm on. worried that, that that the same thing is going to happen. I'm very worried for for your sanity that the same thing's going to happen because I I just don't know. Because now you, I mean, I don't want to say you're in scramble mode. Although, let's be honest, what are the likelihood the Olympics are going to happen anyway? And that's the other thing, right? Like, I mean, there's a chance the Olympics could just get shut, get the kibosh and and bum back a year, right? Anyway. I mean, I mean, that's what happened this past year. So, yeah. so I mean, we shall see. I mean, I mean, selfishly, I hope that's what that's what happens. There's just no Winter Olympics this year. They push it back a year. It, well, and that would get your that would get probably the NHLers back in for yeah. 2023. Yeah. So I mean, there's some there's some things that could definitely work out with that. Yeah. So um, yeah. So yeah, I NHL. I'm not NHL. USA send good players this time. Try that. I try, mean, that's try, a, send players so that you can at least appear like you want to win. I, I do like the 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 blunt force of Walt on that. It's very. Very straightforward on uh, from Walter right there. It's good stuff. It was embarrassing, dude. It was, em- it was embarrassing watching that, watching that team. Like, come did, on. Did uh, I don't care. Now you're making me go look at the roster. Uh, <laughs> see if I even recognize half the names. 2018. You will. USA Olympic hockey team. All right, here we go. They got a they got a Wikipedia page. Oh no! Well, the first three names. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. All right. Chad Billings. Uh, Noah Walsh. Welsh. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, Brian Gianta. There's a name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How old was he? Uh, <laughs> was born in 79. So almost 40. Mm, yep. Uh, Ryan Donato. There's a, there's a guy. Yeah. 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 He was, yeah. He was the other, uh, young, he was the other, uh, kid. Uh, yeah, because he 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 won World Junior Gold with USA, and he was again <laughs> one of the better players. Oh my God, Jim Slater, who had been out of the league for how long? Will Borgen, who was young and actually just drafted, and is now playing in Seattle. James Wisniewski, who again, how long has he been out of the league? Uh, Sabello, how long has he been? Oh, good God. Yeah, this was bad. Oh, Chad Kolarik, go blue. Um, Matt Gilroy. Yeah, wow. This was this was not good. I see why you would want them to do better. I don't know if they can, but I see why you'd want them to do better. And th- their best players were the junior kids. <laughs> they were the best ones. Not not the not the 40-year-olds. Shockingly, no. Okay. <laughs> well then, yeah, send the world junior kids. Just do it. Just do it. It's fine. I mean, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Maybe that's what they should just agree to for this year. Have all the all the teams in the in the world do it. Yeah, send the juniors. It's fine. Okay, it'll be more enjoyable for me. I tell you that much. And and really, if what's, uh, what's but then ah oh, man, that's like right. That's like right in a chunk of uh. Then 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 Michigan's missing players. You know, they're they're not gonna have Maddie Veneers and no. And Johnson and Power and you know, you know their top two lines and their top two defensive players. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that's February. In February, that's uh, that's that's prime time right there. Yeah, getting down to it. Although, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I, I would think that the NCAA would take that into account when they're selecting their sixteen teams. Well, yeah, the I don't. I yeah. And, I, and they, I, they would be back before the tournament, and I guess that yeah. would be the biggest, the most important thing. 
I'm just now, now I just want to see what Michigan's schedule is in February. <laughs> see who they're going to play. Well, so what would be Olympic? I mean, that's the Big Ten tournament, isn't it? All right. Uh, no, the Big Ten tournament is the week after. So it's March, the first week in March. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Michigan, their final, their final, the games that, that would be going on are two, two against Ohio state. And then they end the season with two at Notre Dame, the regular season. I mean, games you'd obviously like to win, but I mean, again, your work is, your work is, is really pretty much in there. Yeah. So there's four games left and then yeah, the, the big 10 tournaments, it starts, March 4th, like, so the week after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could pull it off. God, I mean, <laughs> Mason Raymond, Derek Roy, and Re- Renee <laughs> Bork were, the, were the, the, the top line projected for the Canadian team. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not. Uh, that's tough. That's really tough to look at. Yeah, Russia's going. Yeah, we get to win another gold medal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not Russia. The Olympic athletes oh, oh, who yeah. hail from Russia. <laughs> yeah. Who oh, call man. Russia home? Yeah. Yep. There we go. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I stand by that. They send a bunch of freaking bums again. I'm gonna go punch somebody in the face. Wow. All right. Well, hopefully it's not me. So, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about it pregame or pre-show and I, I'm going to bring it up to get your, I, cause I, I kind of, I don't say I went off on it, but it was kind of more my thought. And I don't know if you really commented and if you did, well, you can comment on, on the cast here, but so, you know, the NHL NBA or the NFL and NBA are kind of relaxing testing restrictions is their decision on how to handle this. They're basically yeah. saying, okay, you're vaccinated. If you're symptom free, then I guess we don't really need to know if you're testing positive because you're good. And we're going to kind of continue our season that way. The NHL is going kind of the opposite approach. You, you're alone in your hotel room um, on the road. We're going to test you every day, mask mandates back up in place. And I'm guessing what their, their hope will be is that people will get get it out of their systems over the next five days. And then they can kind of be consistent with the schedule when they come back after the holiday break. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the sense I kind of got to. Um, what's your, what's your thought? On, I don't, so I you're, am, you're a commissioner. Let me put it, let me put it this way. You're commissioner yeah. and you have the, the NFL model of the NHL model, which way, would, which model would you roll with? Well, well, the, so it's, <laughs> You know, it's it's not it's not as it's not as easy for the N for the NHL because you have because they they have to abide by rules from another country as well. Where oh, as the NFL doesn't. That's a great point. That's so a really great point. So, so that's why it's a little more difficult for the N for the NHL to 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 navigate through all this because Canada they have very they have much stricter guidelines and rules and everything, mm-hmm. and you know the um. The I can't who, who was I, I think it was the the I, I want to say it was that either Van I think it was Vancouver is either Vancouver or Edmonton one of the Canadian teams no Toronto they they waited to the absolute last minute to test their play like they tested their players and like they waited the absolute last minute to leave Canada before they went on it before they were set to hit the road. 
Okay. Because if they would have tested positive, they wouldn't be able to come back. You know, if they would they 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 leave Canada to test positive in the states, they wouldn't be able to come back for two weeks. Okay. So they waited, and then I, I think uh, they had two positive tests, and they sent those players off the plane. Um, Calgary kind of did the same situation where they were they had a couple of players who tested positive and they were dating. They were still waiting on results for other players that are on their plane, ready to head to Chicago. And then they made a decision kind of at the last second. It was like, you know, and everybody off the plane, we're going to, we're going to get some more tests done and we'll see, maybe we'll leave later tonight or we'll leave in the morning. And, and then they end up just shutting them down as, as I think the Calgary flames end up having 18 players test positive for COVID. Yeah, um, Thomas, how many players does a hockey team need to fill the team? Well, well, normally that would be 18 skaters and two goalies. So that would be okay. 20. Yep. They had 18 players test us. <laughs> so basically it would be a constant game of goalie on five. <laughs> yeah. Is what it sounds like. Assuming that a goalie was safe. Yeah. So and and also they had, I mean, pretty much the entire coaching staff. Everyone tested positive. Now the one the, the one good thing is out of all the positive tests and out of all the players who tested positive for COVID and have been out, um, everyone has had either no symptoms, asymptomatic, no symptoms, they feel fine, or they have very mild, very mild symptoms. And they've been, and from reports that all, all those players who, who've had this, who've had mild symptoms, they've kicked it within 36 hours. Really? So, I mean, the vaccines are working, you know, it's, you know, and we're, I just feel like we're, we're, we're going to, re- we're going to reach a point where we need to understand and accept that this COVID's a part of life now. Yeah. It's, it just is, it's not going away. It's not a cure-all there. It's not just going to poof and disappear tomorrow. Like, no. we, and we need to learn how to navigate and live lives in a, with COVID. Mm-hmm. And now Canada, not Montreal and Boston, they played a game last week in front of no fans. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs had announced that they were just going to 50% capacity, which ended up being a, a, a mute point because hey, they're not playing right, right. now anyway. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're sitting out. Um, Ottawa, kind of the same thing. They were they were going with fifty percent capacity. Montreal, well, they, they were going they they were going to have to go with thirty percent capacity. I see. I thought it was. I thought that the Canadian government issued that. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Okay. That came from. But yeah, yeah. So it was. So that was kind of what was going to happen there. Um, and and on from the financial side of it, and coming into this season, the NHL they're projected to the cap was projected to go up by a million dollars this year, with revenue and everything coming in and everything. Now if you're going to play games with no fans or little or very few fans that could put that in jeopardy. Um, like with Montreal, there are a lot of people who are, who are irritated with Montreal, not playing, not playing a game with Boston in front of no fans instead of just postponing it because the Montreal Canadians, the average game for Montreal Canadians home game is two and a half million dollars. So, I mean, that's two and a half million dollars. They didn't, they're not going to see you. You don't have a chance to get that back instead of canceling the game. Now, the reason that they didn't cancel the game was because Boston was already there. 
they were already there. They already, I'm not sorry. I wasn't Boston. It was Philadelphia. They they're supposed to play Boston um, this weekend. I got postponed, but it's Philadelphia. They were already in Montreal. They were already there. So they just decided just to play the game, just, just to get it done. And so that's, and that'd be one less game to have to worry about making up. You know, it's funny. Cause you, while you were talking, I'm like, well, yeah, they should have just canceled. They should have just canceled. And then you find out why they didn't cancel them. They played and you're like, oh, well, that's just, that's, that's being a good team. That's being polite. Good thing they didn't cancel it. God bless you for it. Yeah. So it's now, now we, we'll see what's going to happen going forward here. If the Canadian government allows for more fans in the building, we'll see. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to be an issue. I can't see that being an issue here in the States. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. it's, there's, there, there's no going backwards with it. And, you know, not to not, we try to not get political about things, but like, you know, people in this country, they have their heels dug in yeah. where they stand on, on, uh, on certain things. And those people aren't changing their mind. So, I mean, you know, we're at a point where, yeah, we, we got to COVID is a part of our life and, you know, you're probably going to get it, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, you know, the next in your lifetime, <laughs> you know, you're probably going to get that like, oh, have a positive COVID test. Or do you just do like the NFL and just say, I feel fine. So I'm not getting tested. Mean, you know the the NHL they don't have that option because the Canadian government would not allow them to do that. Well, that and that's that's a that's a good add on by you. I mean that's yeah. that is a, a it's a great point because I kind of I kind of didn't consider that and that is a, a good thing to be considered. But um, yeah, I mean this this country has it got to sixty percent really quick, and it hasn't gotten to sixty five percent yet. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, all right. It got to 50% fully quick and it's just crept over 60%. So you're right. I, it's the people that are, are, and the people that aren't, aren't. And that, I mean, you're right. I mean, not even politically, it's just, that is what it is. I mean, you can look at Tyler Bertuzzi is somebody that when you dig your heels in and you, you, you have your take and you have your, your opinion and that it is what it is. I don't know if you, you saw, um, there was a, a clip going around where I guess Morgan, uh, I think his name is Morgan geek or whatever his name was for the devils actually yelled at him to get vaccinated. Oh yeah. That was his chirp, which was pretty hilarious, but <laughs> you're right. We're the Americans aren't putting the, you can't put the, I, I just don't see a success in saying, okay, well, we're going to start emptying buildings again. No fans. And I just, that you're right. I just don't see that here. Yeah. I don't see it. I mean, and, 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 you know, and just among the players, it, there's a little bit of a, a divide among the players because, you know, we saw, um, you know, Connor Hellebuck, he, he, yeah. he came out and he came out earlier today and, and, and there was made availability and he was talking and he does, he felt like the, the pause was, not necessary and you know and the and now because he understood that that means you know you pause it and he's not going to olympics and connor hellebuck was more he was going to be one of the goalies for team usa without a doubt there is you no know, doubt in that so, comment. i mean and, and and on the flip side i mean you had other players who kind of came out and said you know we need yeah we need to shut down now 
I mean, <laughs> now, now that's, that was players who were, who were, in locker rooms where you know it's it's a ghost town because everybody's out with covid (laughs) yeah i guess that the 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 current state of your team probably is going to affect your take on that that's fair yeah i mean if you're if you if your team is completely ravaged with covid and you know you're 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 looking at at the locker stall next to you for your teammate and you see nobody yeah okay that could that could that could adjust your feelings, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, but that's life, though, right? It's you know, how do how do we we deal with things when it's when it affects us? You know, Nick Cousins from the Predators, he came out on Twitter and he was very adamant, like, shut it down. Now the National Predators, they have a lot of guys on the COVID list too. They have mm-hmm. more, you know, they have just as many as Red Wings do, if not more. Uh, Ryan Johansson, Michael Grandlin, Mark Browicki, Nick Cousins, Michael McCarron, Ben Harper, Matt Luft, uh, Philip Tomasino, and you know, and they have members of the coaching staff that are out and too. What What's interesting too is that they, um, but you know, it because a lot of people are are getting asked, obviously, not surprisingly, about this, and you know, Steve Eichmann kind of took the he was on a uh, on a Zoom call, and he kind of went the other. He did kind of take the NBA approach or the NFL approach, if you will. He was kind of like, yeah, I mean, the guy, our guys that have got it have have been asymptomatic and haven't really felt yeah any kind of way about it, and I'm not really sure why we're not playing as a result. So it's, I mean, GMs are different. I mean, you're right. To your point, is just everybody does have a very different feel for what exactly should be done here. Yeah, I mean, and and you and the frustration of it all, right? Because it's like, all right, for for the players and the coaches and everybody, and they're like, all right, hey, if you get vaccinated, like, all right, we got vaccinated, we got right. boosted, like, let us play, right? You know, we're fine. We're you know, and it's, you know, I I get it, I get the frustration because it it does kind of feel like a little bit of a mix mix signal there, but I mean, it's. Like I said, at some point we're gonna have to. Everyone's gonna have to figure out how we we live our lives with it because COVID it ain't going away, boys. Yeah, no, you're that's you're right on. It's and you know I don't you know not trying to you know and obviously I I understand it hits people differently and some people will well, I have friends who've caught it and they've been and they've been fine. I have friends who caught it and they're in the hospital. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, like, you know, I had a friend of mine, he was in a, he, he was in a hospital for almost two months Oof. when he got it, you know, like it was bad. Was this in the, was this in the beginning or this was back in the spring? Yeah. Okay. But you know, it's, and, and I've had friends who I have, I have friends who are vaccinated and they, they got it and it, they had a they had, and they had a rough week. I have friends who were vaccinated and got it, and they wouldn't have known they had it. They only found out they had it because they took a test. So, what is it? stop stop? Is why, why my my calendar all of a sudden just fired up and started notifying me of everything? I don't understand why. What, well, stop! <laughs> oh my god, this is this is why we can't have nice things. I I don't know I, why is this doing this. I can't. Even, I don't even know how to turn it off. <laughs> I, and it's still they're still coming. Okay, uh, sorry. Very serious point in the show, and then that happens. Awesome. I'm, Thank you. I'm, I'm 100 not going to edit that out, so it's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm 
so random. I'm sorry, computers. But technology. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate them. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, I wish I I had some grandiose thing to add. I just I don't. I I do. I I I think in the in the beginning I was way more. Yeah, shut it down, lock us down. Worried about you know older people in my life, my parents, friends, kids. Yeah. And I think for the most part, everyone was. Yeah. I mean, March, April, May of, of 2020 for sure. But now I, I mean, you do, I mean, everything, every other commercials get vaccinated, gets vaccinated and trust the science, trust science and, and all that stuff. But then, you know, I would, the, the league's doing these things and there's 160 players on, on the NFL list. And while they all sit, like, tell me more, what does that mean? Like, are they sick and they can't get out of bed or they tested positive and they're sitting at home feeling perfectly healthy, wonder why, wondering why they're not playing because they attested that they were positive. Right. Like, I mean, what was the point? What is the point of doing the, the vaccination and getting boosted if then it's not live our life? Yeah. You know, if it's not, you know, things being normal, like I, I'm not a professional athlete, obviously. So, I mean, I, I would get their trepidation, but like, you know, I got the vax and I took my booster and then I went to the Rolling Stone concert with my dad and felt fine. And, you know, neither of us wore our mask because of the 60,000 there, maybe a thousand did. And I'm like, all right, well, if I'm going to trust it, let me go all in on the trust and had a great time and didn't have to deal with foggy glasses all day. So I mean, that's kind of more or less just where how I feel it, it, it goes from there. Yeah, no, and I'm, you know, I'm same same feelings of it, and because you know, once, 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 once I got my, once I got vaccinated, once I got my fully vaccinated, now if I I go I go to like my my kid's doctor's office or something, and they tell me I have to wear a mask, I'm going to do it. You know, right? Like, it's just because because number one, those are the rules of and- this place, and and also with, and I'm with my children and it's like, listen, we don't like we there's there's not always going to be rules that that we like. Yep. But we got to follow them. If we don't want to follow them, you know, we don't have to go to this place. That, no. And, and and I do want to add that because that is very important because that goes to your sometimes when you sign up with don't be an asshole. That's one of those things. If somebody if a, if a, if a business has a rule that they would like you to wear a mask, then, then wear the mask. Then that, that's it. It's it's not that hard. You did it for a year. You can wear it for the 45 minutes. You're going to be wherever you're going to be at. So also real quick, remember how I started off the show and I said, um, things we say now might not be true in, in 10 minutes. Oh boy. What happened? Uh, capitals and flyers are postponed. Okay. So, so it's just Tampa and Vegas for now, which you know, and one of the things, and I think you maybe brought this up last week, was they they really didn't want to cancel a game because it was somebody's only trip out west. Yeah, it was Toronto. Yeah, when Toronto was supposed to play Calgary. Okay, that's what I, that's what I thought it was, and, and it was their only rough, trip out yeah. west. Yeah, and that was kind of a, a tough pill to swallow that they had to had to shut that down. Yeah, and now you have Tampa and Vegas. You know, a rematch of last year's uh, Stanley Cup. Oh, wait, no, no. Vegas did not go to the Cup oh, last year. Okay. When All I was right. in Vegas and I had a chance to go to a game. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just suck. Well, 
look, I mean, clearly Montreal was able to carry that momentum into the uh, no, actually, they, nope. they, they didn't, that did not happen either. They were not able to carry that momentum into this season at all. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's. So, I I was thinking about this. All right. A little bit. All right. As we we transitioned from from COVID from COVID stuff because Lord knows. I, yeah, yeah, it's not going anywhere. But I would love for it to not be not be the lead story of sports anymore. I, I can't wait for that day to happen. Amen. Preach. So, so do you, you remember a few years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning? They went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost to Chicago. Then sure. the next year they went to the cup. They went to the Conference Finals, lost to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then they missed the playoffs. And then they, you know, then then they got back in, but they lost in the conference finals to the Capitals. Mm-hmm, yep. And then they got upset by by the blue by the Blue Jackets, swapped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could you could you see maybe a team like, I mean, just just because right now recent history, that this team they're kind of in the fourth, they're kind of mimicking a little bit of of Tampa and and. In, in the last two seasons, anyway, New York Islanders back-to-back conference finals, and now it looks like they're going to miss playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and especially, I mean, and right now, we're we're going to have condensed schedules the rest the rest of the way mm-hmm. for a lot of teams. So a lot of teams are going to be playing a lot of hockey. So like, I feel like if you're if you're kind of buried down and out. You, the, the the condensed schedule is it going to help you because you're going to be playing a lot of hockey all at once yeah and that could really just really sink you yeah you're you're going to have a lot of games that you could make them up where you could make up ground it's just you're going to be playing all of those games in probably two months <laughs> right yeah exactly you know it's it's you're you're back to back every other night yeah <laughs> you know you know and and that was one thing they they talked about possibly doing is uh kind of making it a baseball schedule. I did hear that Um, on hockey night. They're saying that if you're, you know, you're going to New Jersey to play one, you might play two, not the same day, but you might play two, you know, all of a sudden that Wednesday game turns into a Wednesday, Thursday game. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine a day night doubleheader in hockey though? (laughs) I mean, they can't do it. It's against the CBA, but. (laughs) Would that be amazing? Or would that be, I think that'd be awful. Oh, It'd be fun. I mean, it'd be fun for a fan base to, you know, to, to, yeah. to be able to see two hockey games, but I, I think it'd be terrible just for, or, 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 or would it be, would it be cool to see? I, w- I would like to see it like once just, just because like, I think you would get like some just pure hatred in that second game. <laughs> if, would you have any, would you have any gas left in the tank to actually fight oh. to muster up the hatred? Well, I mean, do you, or, or do or do you do you call up? Do you have your call ups? And you're like, all right, we we we, we called up these six players, and so all right, you three guys are going to play in the afternoon game. You three guys are go- you're going to play in a night game. Like, do you, or do you do that, or do you do something like that? I you know you know what's just talking this out, and I and I'm probably wrong here, but I think would I would players rather honestly not have a day night and rather just thirty minutes and go. And the only reason why I say that, because think of like a double overtime game in hockey or a triple overtime yeah. game in the playoffs where they, I mean, very few have done it, but would you rather finish a game at two 30? You know, what would you do? Undress, shower, get a meal, 
get re I mean, and then get right back for dressed again, maybe take an hour nap and have to do it again the same day. I wouldn't you just rather, if you had to do it, if you absolutely had to do it, I think you'd probably give, give them, you know, a, a half an hour to resurface, clear the rink or whatever. And then they're right back on. Just band-aid it, just get it over with as, yeah, as, as possible. I, I, I mean, again, never going to happen, but if it had to happen, I think they'd probably rather just kind of do maybe a half an hour in between games and you go again. Yeah. I mean, that would be, yeah. that would be very interesting. Oh man. Yeah. yeah just like that. I mean, I mean here's the thing, I, everything else I, I've, I've made jokes about other stuff and it's, it's come true. So, you know, I, I, I joke, I joked about the NHL selling the rights to name the divisions last year. No, and they did it. Nope. <laughs> Nobody's pulled the goalie yet. It's only been a week. <laughs> no, it's been two. Oh, two. Okay. <laughs> and you have been dead set on this happening, and I guarantee it's not going to happen. Well, 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 no one's playing now, so like now it's really not okay. going to happen. All right. For, I got another. I got another week. <laughs> I, also, we've all. I hijacked your topic because I do have a take on it about the you because where you're going obviously are the islanders now in a place to to jump to you know are they can can they turn it around are they going to team that's now cal yeah, final yeah, yeah, i was just saying like can it, like because can it can they turn it around next i feel like this season you, you the islanders 26 games in they have 22 points you know i pun on a season i kind of right. feel like just just pun it you know just it's you're not you're you're not gonna win you know, you're, I don't, you know, I don't, that, that's so much ground to make up and that's so many teams they have to jump just to get, in a, just to get in a wild card. Yeah. Here, you know, here. and, 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 and the thing like Detroit, they're not, they're not coming back down to earth. Like I think a lot of people thought they would Columbus, they've been, they've had a rough stretch, but you know, they're still up there. Philadelphia, they're middling they're, but you know, again, they're still, ahead you know right here here's the difference and here's where i'm gonna say that they're that they're gonna be behind the eight ball and why i i think it's it's a little bit different than the islander situation and in you you have this this amazing memory so i'm gonna need you to help me with this because i i could i could say something incorrect and i don't want to do that (laughs) but if memory serves the year that the island the lightning missed Stamkos missed the majority of that season. Yeah, he got he got hurt in Detroit, and and if Nikita Kucherov was not the tent, like hadn't quite blown up yet, if memory serves, and I also feel like the goaltending of Vasilevsky wasn't there. No, Vasilevsky like, was not there. No, it was uh, it was it was Ben Bishop at that time. Okay, and and so the reason why part of the reason why the Islanders were able to kind of bounce back or the lightning were is because Stamco. So it was an injury and then they improved. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So 16, I mean, and like, no, now they, they barely missed the playoffs. I need, I feel like they I need did. to add that. They barely missed. They, they, that's, that's very true. Cause Kucherov that year, it was, um, what was it? 17, 18, you're right. It's not like they were the worst team in hockey. That that is that is a good good answer. Yeah, it was it was yeah sixteen seventeen Kucherov yeah sixteen seventeen Kucherov. I mean forty goals that year for Kuch. 
I guess that's good. <laughs> Meh. It's mediocre at best, right? No. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I we're, the bottom line of where I'm going with this is that I don't know, and I and I don't, and I'm not trying to doubt the Islanders, but and they've had some injury issues, you know, because yeah. you know Polak or Pelic, they're the same guy to me, which I always screw up. But one of them has been out for injury for a while, but they've lost they've lost some key pieces, you know, they, and from those two teams, Devante's gone to the avalanche. Yeah. You know, the, the, the loss of, of um, Jordan Everly to the expansion draft, there's a top line player, you know, they, they, I think they basically signed Kyle Palmieri to, to fill that role. And at the end of the day, I, he had one goal on the year when they were playing. And so I feel like that, the hope, obviously, you can always have that hope and you can always improve your roster. But they're they're really starting to dig into their youth where the Islanders that that needs to become top flight, whereas the Lightning, they dug into their youth, but Stamkos came back. Kudrov obviously was better than I remembered him at that time. Braden Point. Was coming into his own, and Victor Hedman was still on the back end. So they, I mean, they still had a lot of pieces in place. Now, if you're if you're an Islander fan or in that front office, that's what you're going to try to sell that, and I don't blame you one bit for that. But I do, I think that it could be end up being a little bit of a different situation. Yeah. Um, but I also know you love the Islanders, and I hate to do that to you. I hate I hate to shoot down hopes and dreams. Well, you know, I was just I, I, you always look for comparables, right? Sure. Just to kind of see what thing you know. Look for trends. Um, another trend: um, Canadian fans throwing jerseys on the ice, and to some to success. <laughs> so yeah, so we saw early, like after what I think it was like game, like the the second period of the first game. Toronto Maple Leafs fans are <laughs> I mean, throwing their jerseys on the ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Maple Leafs are only like the best team in hockey right now. First team to twenty, like it's <laughs> the first team to twenty wins. Yeah. 42 points. I mean, right. They're in second place in the division right now behind the lightning, but I mean, they both have 42 points lightning to play one less game, but 28 and two. That's pretty, pretty okay. Right. There. Yeah. It is. They, they, um, they rebound nicely. Yeah. Um, they threw jerseys on the ice in Montreal. Okay. They, they did not they made a change up tight up top. Yeah, I was gonna say they did not rebound as nicely. It, it hasn't, yeah, it hasn't gone as well. But they threw a jersey on the ice for Vancouver, and then everybody got fired. They won six straight. And as we talked about, I think pre-show, they're six points out. They are yeah. six points out of the second wild card spot, which is also six points out of the the third spot in the division too. <laughs> six points is make upable. Now you know, obviously they had to come from way far down to, to get to within six points. Yeah. But if you just kind of draw that line in the sand and say, as of now, they're eminently in this thing for themselves. Yeah. And well, well the, the Oilers and the Oilers, a uh, little, little six game uh, drought they had there. Yeah. Before they've, they they won their last two games. Um, I mean, the, the fans in Edmonton, they're getting impatient. They want their team to win, and you know, which I mean, I want to see their team have success. Um, I, w- I wonder if the Oilers, you know, because the, what's the Oilers' biggest problem? What have we always talked about? The Oilers' biggest problem is their depth. 
Oh, well, that, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's never good when you ask what's the biggest problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or goaltending. Yeah, you get, two, you get two different answers. Okay, so there are two big. One of their two biggest problems is. Yeah. Is, is their depth. Yeah, and I I just wonder in if you know Eric Stahl is available. He's not playing anywhere. Yeah, which I've found very weird. And I, I just wonder if, you know, if a team like Edmonton, you sign him to a one-year deal, he's a veteran guy who can, I mean, you, you if you, like, say they sign him January 2nd, you have him do a conditioning send in, in the AHL or whatever, and he, he you bring him up in February. You know, he, he, he starts playing in February. And, you know, it's a, it, he's not playing as many as many hard games, not going through a hard 82 game schedule. And he's that much more refreshed for the play for, for the playoffs for you. I just wonder if, you know, if he could do that for him, because I mean, he, Eric Stahl, uh, he wasn't great for Montreal in regular season after he got traded for Buffalo. He was pretty good for Montreal in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And he was also what he had 30 goals just the season before with, um, I mean, he's, he was scoring 30 in Minnesota, which we used to think was impossible to do. Yeah, really. Now it's a very different team in Minnesota where they're kind of freewheeling now, but. I know, it's crazy. I, it, first, like for the first time, like in their existence, it, right. scores goals. Yeah, they're exciting to watch. But I, but just that, want, I, I wonder if like a player like that for the, the Oilers, you know, go out, you sign them. Doesn't, it doesn't really cost you anything. And. It's a one-year deal, so if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, do everyone everyone walks away when it's over. Yeah, aren't you basically saying can he be better than Kyle Turris? He, I think he can be better than Kyle. Turris. I mean, I mean, right, and that's I mean that's a guy that's kind of in and out of their third and fourth line as they continue to try to miss mix, mix and match pieces. To, to, to find it. I, I don't know what happened to Kyle Turris be- and, and his and his plane ride from Ottawa to Nashville when he got traded to Nashville. I don't know what happened. Yeah, that was him. I, I don't, cool. you know, <laughs> I, I don't well, know what, what what went on with him. Yeah, that was change, but yeah, it's not the same player, you no. know. Um, but that's that's a really good call by you. That would be a really good thing that Ed, that Edmonton could do to to get better, probably cheaply, to stay keep themselves under the cap. But you know, one of the what I've kind of also thought that them they should do is they've really gone heavy with their top, and I'm just wondering if if maybe getting a situation where you create a third line of of like Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. You know, and have Yamamoto and Drysidle, and um, who's the other um, Puliarvi and McDavid, let's say, and then you start slotting guys like Cassian and Ryan and the Derek Ryan and and you know Kyle Turris on there, and you you create yourself a third line, create depth, yeah, depth by creation, yeah, and 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 maybe that's a way to go, and you know, because let's face it. I, and I don't mean this as a negative to to um, to Nugent Hopkins and, at all, but I think McDavid and Drysdale are going to be okay with no matter who's on their wings. So I don't think yeah. that they're going to suffer greatly if Nugent Hopkins and 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 Hyman drop down and aren't aren't there with them. 
So is that a, a potential way to create kind of a third line out of nowhere or how bring install the center of those two or bring install the play on the right side or left side with McDavid and dry saddle, you know, that kind of thing where, you know, and, and now you, when you drop down Nugent Hopkins or whatever the case may be, or whatever you decide to do. Yeah. There's still a lot of talent there. Cause you, you, you've had that extra line, but I, I do like that idea. I do really like that idea. Yeah. Um, I, it was just something, just one, a random thing I thought about. Um, well, cause it's, it's what you got to do. If, yeah. if you're worried about your lower depth scoring, I mean, they're going to probably try to make some deadline moves. I, I I'm sure their cap situations, hell. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I don't, I think they hundred percent are. Um, and, and, and cleft bomb is never coming first, off the I mean, long term. I are so. Ken, Ken Holland has openly said that Evans's first round pick, this first round pick in this year's draft is on the board. So. Well, they don't have a third, they don't have a fourth, and now they're going to put the first first rounder on the board too, I mean, huh? But, I mean, people want results. And, and you know, you don't let, – let's be honest here. The first portion of Connor McDavid's career here, he's been wasted – they've wasted him in Edmonton. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to have – I mean, you know, you look in Toronto with Austin Matthews. You you can see where you, you have the hope in Toronto where they where they can win. Right now, it coming together on the ice. We shall see, but you you can you can see where the hope lies. Um, even you know, even it took him a long time to get there. But Alex Ovechkin in Washington, you felt every year like okay, you could see the Washington Capitals winning the Stanley Cup pretty much every year. It wasn't out of own possibility with Edmonton Oilers. I look at, I look at the Oilers. I'm like, eh, right? Maybe you'll win. A, maybe you'll get out of the first round. Maybe, which I mean, baby steps, but you're right. <laughs> I it's the, 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 the lower, I mean, the fact that you're, you're scraping together your bottom two lines, I still don't feel like they have a really good, or, I mean, how do you feel about their fifth and sixth defensemen, which you don't have to feel great about them, but you have to feel like they can play their 50, you know, their 18 minutes a night, not be minus two every time. I feel, but I don't feel that way. And that's, and <laughs> will your, can your goalie, will your goalie come up with a timely save when you need it? And as long as Mike Smith's out, who, I don't know, it feels like we're talking about Mike Smith being out all the time. How how good do you feel about that? Uh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, we, man, go, go, how, how, how pissed off do you think uh, Ken Holland was when he found out that he could have got a uh, Nadelkovich for fucking peanuts? Oh, I'm sure that there are a <laughs> large amount of the number of teams around the league that felt that way. I'm sure he was one of them, but I'm sure that there were a lot of wait, players. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You got it for what? I, I know. We, we would have gave you that. <laughs> Steve Eisman and his Jedi mind tricks, man. I don't, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Um, from one Canadian team to another, out uh, of Winnipeg Jets, uh, Paul Maurice announced, um, just announced out of the blue last week that uh, he was got you stepping down as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. That no one saw coming. Yeah, that was a that was kind of weird. You feel like there's more to that story. Um, uh, he just he came out and said that he felt that. You know, they needed a new voice. And I mean, I, that, that's just, it sounds like maybe burnout 
because I mean, he's been a coach for a long time. He's coached a lot of games. He's been a very good coach for, for a long time as well. You know, he took the Winnipeg jets to the, to the conference finals back in 2018. Um, And this was was the team, the jets, this is the team that a lot of people were very high on coming into the season. And it just, they haven't played consistent. I mean, Kyle Connor leading, leading the, Leading away offensively, 18 goals, 32 points. I mean, but Kyle Connor, he's going to roll out of his bed scoring 30. So, yeah. you know, it, I mean, it, which he's pretty much consistently done. Let's see. His uh, his first full season in NHL, 31, 34, 38, 26 last year in 56 games, 18 to this point. You, you – um... It, it, it's funny too because it's there. They're also getting a nice bounce back from Pierre Luc Dubois, who never really seemed to settle in there. He's got fourteen. I, I, I'm convinced he was injured last year. Yeah, you've been very consistent with that. Like you've I, been very, very consistent. With that. There's no way, like the way he played. Yeah, that's not him. Um, and you know now they're going to be without Mark Shifley for a bit as he's out with an injury. But I mean, now hopefully we'll we'll, we'll see. Not Shy Flip, sorry, Wheeler. Wheeler's gonna Wheeler's gonna be out. Hopefully he comes back whenever the pause is over, possibly. Well, I, they've kind of in in my book always sort of had a little bit of the Edmonton problem minus goaltending. Like yeah. their top six, you know, was you know, when you're rolling out Connor, Dubois, and Ehlers, and then their next line was Shifley, Stasny, and Wheeler. Yeah it always felt really good. And, and Andrew Kopp's been very good for them with 20 points and plus seven on the year, but it, it never, you know, when, once you start getting down to the lower parts of Adam Lowry and this year it's Evgeny Savechnikov and Jansen Harkins. And I, you know, they're not going to get a ton of scoring from their bottom two lines. And I, the same thing where their defense you feel is, is good, not great. It lacks a, a, a top pair. It just feels like to me, you know, Nate Schmidt's a very good hockey player and Neil Pionk is too. I don't, I don't know. That just doesn't to me scream like this is a top flight defense pair. And maybe, maybe it's just my own. I'm just wrong. And it, and, it, and the group as a whole is good. Cause you had Morrissey and, and, you know, Brandon Dillon's been a consistent player his entire career, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't have the flash, I guess, is maybe it. Now, where they've obviously been better than the Oilers is, is in net with Hellebuck. Yeah. At least have more consistency there. But it, it, it I've always really kind of seen them as, a, as an Oiler team where they need to get, you know, if, if Edmonton doesn't go sign Eric Scott stall, maybe they should go make, make a phone call. Maybe, yeah. It's, you know, well, I mean, and, and I, I think that, and I'm guilty of it too, to, a, to, a, to an extent where, we when we think about the Winnipeg Jets D, their their D core, we're we're still thinking about Dustin Bufflin and Jake Truba and, yeah. and, and Morrissey, you know, and, yeah. and you know when when you know when they had their run, yeah. and you look the Winnipeg Jets defensively, like, well, all right, well they're fine, yeah. You throw Connor Hellebuck in that, it's like, well, all right, and then, and it was just like, well, who's going to score the goals and. You know, that's when they had Line A there and you know yeah. Shifley and Wheeler. It and felt like Connor came along. Yeah, it felt like they only had one line, but then you were better with their defense. And now they've kind of developed the second line, but you're a little bit more now you're now but on the other end, you're a little 
concerned about the defense, the decor. So it's it, it, it what it really does is illustrates how difficult it is to put a successful hockey team out. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta get lucky sometimes yeah. too, right? With, cause you know, you, one, you gotta draft the right players, but also you, you get, you need guys to stay healthy. Yeah. And this is, I mean, everybody's going through it. And, and it, it really does take a full, I mean, you know, look at teams, you know, I, I don't want to always go back to Detroit, but I mean, they needed that grind line, you know, when, when, with, with the lightning, are they, I mean, I'm sure they probably do win at least one of their two cups, but it's important that they had a third defensive pair of Sergachev and uh, Eric Chernak, who they could trust and were, were trustworthy and reliable. And, you know, that, and that's probably, and that's a, that's a one or two defensive pair on a lot of other teams. In yeah. And, and, you know, it's as close as they were, when did they finally get it? When they finally put together that Gord Goudreau and, and Coleman line, Yeah, you know, it, they always had the two top flight lines that were really good, but then they finally got that third line that was really good. And Cedric Pocket and Patrick Maroon holding down the fourth line and they became a team that could roll four lines more. And that was what led their, to their success. So it, yeah, it's important to have the top flight and the two lines and the guys that can score a hundred points and have that much talent, but it, there is so much more to it. And those bottom two lines really can be as important as the top two lines are. Yeah. Um, we, sh- I, now we, sh- we shall see. Now the fun thing with the Jets is um, they have their new, their, their coach who's going to be there the rest of the year, Dave Lowry. He gets to coach his son, Adam Lowry. Yeah, that is fun. So that's that's a little fun. Sure. I mean, we shall we we shall see what what goes on with Winnipeg Jets as the season progresses. I mean, they're right now they're they're sitting. But where are you? Where are you? Where are you, Winnipeg? They are three points out of the playoffs, out of the second wild wild card behind Edmonton, six points back at St. Louis for third in the division. Which, you know, all of a sudden the central division, man, how tough is that division? Yeah, it's it gets scarier. You see, you say yes, they are they and you're right, they are six points behind St. Louis, and in between them is Colorado, who has 36 points in 27 games. Yeah. So they will be uh they, they they're gonna have a different horse they're gonna need to catch real soon. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and and as you know, and the other division, you know, in the West Pacific division, I mean, every everyone's been waiting for Anaheim to fall off. I mean, the, I mean, the Anaheim, who's more impressive right now, the Anaheim Ducks or the New, New York Rangers? I really think it was. I really think it's Anaheim because the Rangers at least have the picks and talent that we expected. We did not expect, you know, it's it's surprising what the Rangers do unless you really look at it and you see, okay, well, Zabinajad rebounded and Kreider has got a uh, a Cy Young record and <laughs> with his seventeen <laughs> goals and four assists and. And, you know, they have two top flight pit pairs that, and, you know, we, uh, Adam Fox was up for a Norris and they one move the on Norris. from Lundqvist, won the Norris, thank you. And, and you know, they have two goaltenders that really are are filling the Hendrick Lundqvist void after his departure yeah. quite well in Shesterkin and, and the other guy whose name escapes me. Shesterkin and uh, thank you. Um, so I, I, the Rangers, when you really like, we can, I kind of feel like that could have been a little bit more foreseen. This duck success is, is shocking. 
Yeah, Troy Terry leads the team, 30 points, 18 goals. Trevor Zeger is second on the team, eight goals, 25 points. Well, and Ryan gets laugh has 21 points, 20 of them coming for assists on assists. So, you know, not a selfish guy. Ryan no, laugh. which also goes to show getting the draft right, because Terry, for the longest time, I, I think that's got to be the most surprising thing in the entire league is his success. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sonny Milano, like, is seems to really fit in, fit in with in Anaheim. Yeah, and when Columbus left, get away. Yeah, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk has f- found found that that gear again. Yeah. You know, it's and they're getting I mean, great play from Jamie Drivesdale, the young defenseman on a, on the blue line for him too. It, it let me do some quick math here. Now, in 127 games, the prior three seasons, Trey Terry had 48 points. He's going to have 48 points probably by game 50 this year. Yeah. Barring injury or a major slump. That kind of turnaround from a young player can obviously drastically affect your hockey team. <laughs> and that's, you know, Zegris, they, they kind of, I mean, now this isn't, you know, you always get surprised when a young kid does it, but I don't think that the overall production of Zegris was a surprise. I think that they, like people knew that he was going to be a successful NHL player. Yeah. He, he's living up to that again. You, like you, like you, since he was like 14. I, I mean, you're, you're a top nine pick. You, 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 again, more expected, you know, kind of expected of you, but Detroit Terry success is that's pretty good for a fifth round pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I go to show Troy Terry, he's playing with Trevor Zegers and, you know, they, they clearly, they, they clearly have some chemistry there. And he's also 24, which goes to show, don't give up on somebody at 20, 21, 22. And, and Zegers, you know, he's went ninth overall in that 2019 draft. And I mean, here's, here's a few of the players who were taken in that draft. Jack Hughes, Capocaco, Kirby Doc. Those guys are all doing pretty well for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mort Sider, Dylan Cousins in Buffalo, uh, Spencer Knight in Florida, Cole Caulfield in Montreal, Peyton Krebs to Vegas, who was a part, who was a key piece in the uh, uh, Eichel deal. I, I mean, really, just looking at the only one of the top 10 that hasn't really broken in with his team is Alex Turcotte, who went five for LA. Yeah. So everybody else is kind of, I mean, I guess Philip Broberg's only played eight games in the but yeah, I, I imagine he's probably going to see more. Yes. And Edmonton would be <laughs> got to be keeping their fingers crossed that they got that pick. Right. Because it, him, him being a very good NHL player would be super huge for them. That would be very, yeah, that, that'd be very great. I think they'll, that's something that they would kindly welcome. Yes. A, a young defenseman that's on his way to being something very successful would be huge for them to be sure. Yeah. Um. Oh, one one other thing. Uh, so earlier this earlier like late last week, Alex Ovechkin took over the leading was the leading scorer in NHL as he passed Drysaddle and McDavid, and that was the first first time since November seventh of two thousand nineteen where the the leading scorer in NHL was not Drysaddle or McDavid. That's 
Um, that lead was shortly lived for Alex Ovechkin as Connor McDavid played the next night and apparently heard that news and got really pissed off and got three points. So, <laughs> and now they they each have forty nine. Yes, Ovechkin at forty seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I still I actually I marvel more at Ovechkin. I I mean oh, obviously because yeah. I, I mean you, know, I, you almost feel like even no matter what. Even if you know if he just finishes at the top, doesn't pass dry side of McDavid, Ovechkin at the pace he's going, he gets the heart, right? I would th- yes. I mean, he's and, gonna get the heart. Right? And this is because this is where McDavid and Drysdale hurt. Because how do you pick an MVP when you're one two in scoring? Yeah, same team, same and and line mates, right? Right. How do you say who's more important? I don't. I I mean, it's just it to me. I I couldn't vote for them. And, and it, maybe that's not fair, but who do you who do you determine is the more important player there? I mean, and 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 also you got to remember that Ovechkin did 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 a bulk of this without his buddy. Yeah. Without Backstrom. Backstrom. Yep. Yeah. Backstrom's back. Oh, she's missed time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that they basically. If, if you go pick some random capital games and look at who's played up front, it's been Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and Wilson as the top line. And there's a yeah. lot of guys in there. Ellers, I mean, seriously, up and down that roster. Now, where they were good is where they maybe caught a break was that I – like they were 25 games in before they had to change the defenseman. They had – I think they played their first 25-ish games yeah. with the same 6D, and that's obviously a good thing. But – uh, their forwards have been banged up and bruised and he has just led the charge. And I, I, I mean, he doesn't even have to keep up this sort of a pace for me to think that he's going to be the Hart trophy winner. Yeah. Uh, Ovechkin and Haglin are the only forwards on the capitals that have played every game. Yeah. I mean, and I do feel like we're still early enough in the season where that's kind of a, a shocking stat. Yeah. 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 I, now, now Connor McMichael has played 29 because that's off and, is play 28. Yeah, well, Wilson and Strong play, each play 27. So it's not a huge gap, but still. But also think about the names you just said. Yeah, those are big. Yeah, those, those are those are major pieces to to the puzzle for them. Right. So and it's like, yeah, we you know, you know and like and like Ovi, he's on pace to like have the fewest amount of slap shot goals in his career. <laughs> in the season of his career. And like he scored, he's and he scored from everywhere on the ice. I wish that was an actual statistic we could look up. Most slap shot goals in a season, or at least slap shot goals in a season for Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, I, I'm sure there is. I'm not doing it right now. I'll do it. Of course not. Show. That's fine. And 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 also like he's not and he's not just feasting on a power play. It's not just he's just no get he only has 10 power play points. Five goals, ten power play points. Yeah, that's so. So it's Ovi and McDavid and Drysidle. Those guys are all pretty good. They. I, oh, I mean, oh, and then Nazem Kadri sitting there with thirty-eight points as well. Talk about benefiting from injury. Because then, I mean, he slid yeah. up for with some of the McKinnon time. Yeah, the time the McKinnon, McKinnon or oh yeah, he landed and, he, and made the most of it. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he 100% is pricing himself out of Colorado. He will not be an avalanche next season. Well, but. I don't know, until he does something dumb and then nobody wants him and he's got to take a oh, – no, yeah. so, some, Somebody will – Yeah, that's probably true. Somebody will pay him. 
Although he's getting up there in eight. I mean, at not encounter, he's got to be 32, 33 now, right? It's 31. Oh, okay. That was close. 32. It's ballpark. I wasn't way off. Yeah, no. Does that make myself feel better? <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's that's gonna do it for us this week. On a, the 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 later edition. Um, as of right now, Tampa and Vegas is still is still set to go tonight. Yeah, I love you. I love how you say that with a chuckle. It's just, I was, everyone else is canceled, man. Like I mean, I, I yeah, you know, I I don't. I mean, I but I guess you know, it Tampa. There's it's a West Coast thing, and I was gonna say if, harder if, to make up. If Tampa was playing Florida, do you think this game would be played tonight? No. Not exactly. No. Yeah. Play that game anytime. Yep. All right. Well, everyone, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy your holiday week. Um, I hope you enjoy your time, eat some great food, spend some time with some great people, or, you know, be by yourself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's better than Whatever awesome. makes you happy. Just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. All right, with that, I'm Walt. I'm Thomas. We will see you later.